0: Kinsey Strategy and Corporate Finance Practice. I'm Sean Brown, and welcome to Inside the Strategy Room. Joining us today to discuss the pros and cons of activist investors are Joe Syriac and Sandra Oberhollenser. Joe's a partner in our New York office and leads our work on activist investors globally. He assists clients with a wide range of corporate finance and investment issues. Sandra is also based in New York and is a leader in our activist investor service line. Sandra, let's start with a question for you. Can you talk us through the different levers that activists pull to improve the performance and value of their target companies?
1: So we typically see uh, four main levers that are being addressed by the activists. The most popular is looking at corporate governance. So this is forward and governance changes. Ultimately, seeing this as a way to affect change in the organization itself. So pushing for change of management, adjusting incentive structures, and, uh, and and through that being able to impact changes that they want to see in the organization more broadly. Uh, the second is M&A activity. So in this case, we're talking about pushing for or against transactions that are being proposed. It could be looking at spinning off certain uh, sections of the assets um, that the activists see as non-core or lower margin. Um, they essentially, in this case, are seeing that M&A activity or companies with smart M&A activity will outperform, whether they're selling assets, both SpinCo and ParentCo will typically outperform in the longer term, and so that's what the activists are pushing for here. The third uh, lever would be looking at the uh, strategy and operations, so really pushing on getting margin performance above uh, their peer set and focusing on cost-cutting where required and shifting a strategic lens to focus on the core business. The fourth and final lever is looking more at the different capital structures that they're trying to employ, so um, trying to understand whether there is a share buyback required or perhaps there's an increase in deb- dividends if the activist feels there's too much cash on the book, um, and then anything that is debt restructuring or recapitalization.
0: We're seeing a lot of press about activist investors. Can you comment briefly on how much activist investor activity has actually grown and where you see it going? In other words, is, is the hype in line with reality?
1: Sure, yeah. We, we have seen activism grow globally over the last five years. We've seen around about globally the number of companies under attack increasing by an, about 8% per annum. That includes small and larger cap companies. And we do see that growth continuing going forward. If we look at assets that they have under management as well, globally, activists are increasing at about 9% per annum. So we do see growth in terms of uh, the amount of assets that, that they have to work with. And in the U.S. in particular, we do see continued strong growth. So there has been an uptick in activist activity in Europe. But in the U.S., which is our largest base and where we have in the past seen most activity, that growth does continue, and we do see it um, continuing going forward.
0: Thanks, Sandra. Joe, are there any sectors that are safe, or is this growth across the board?
2: We believe that no sector is safe and that there is a fundamental question that activists ask about what is the value value creation opportunity. And so our belief and sort of the track record of the activists shows that their willingness to kind of find that opportunity, no matter what the sector, and increasingly no matter what the geography, we expect to continue into
0: the near future. And how does a company figure out whether or not they're in an activist crosshairs?
1: What we see is that typically the activists will go after a, a company, call it, call it a good company, that has gone down to the mean or and now performing more like their peer set. And then after the activist activity, they will then post-campaign go up again. So what we see is not so much geography or industry affecting whether a company could be under attack, but rather a good company that has been performing less well recently.
0: What are some of the key steps um, that you would have a company take to prepare for the eventuality of one day being in the crosshairs of an activist investor. And are there any steps that CEOs should be looking at starting today, even if they're not currently an activist target?
2: We at McKinsey have a tool called the Activist Teardown, and it's a fairly straightforward set of analyses that ties to those four main levers of activist value creation, but also comes with the role play. And so we think that there are two elements to this. One is understanding where one is Vulnerable based on the analysis and performance of the business, but also understanding how, as a management team, you would react to an attack. And we think that those are two pieces of the puzzle that need to go together uh, in a fairly concise way um, uh, to prepare for an activist attack.
0: Many listeners might be wondering whether they may be an activist's next target. Joe, can you give us an example of where a company and their executive team did a really good job of responding uh, once an activist investor took a major position in their company?
2: In early 2017, Elliott Management Company, a very aggressive activist, made an investment in Cognizant. Cognizant was the IT outsourcing company led by Frank D'Souza that had been spun out from Dun & Bradstreet about 15 years prior. Elliott came to management with a set of demands, and Cognizant if you look at sort of the public record, ended up in a very successful place. Elliott's demands included better operating performance, as well as a return of capital to shareholders. The Cognizant management team looked at the demands, made an assessment, and agreed with Elliott on their point about the capital structure. Uh, Cognizant had been a growth company. It had ridden the wave of outsourcing to low-cost countries for 15 years and had been incredibly successful, but was now a company that had never done a share buyback or actually paid a dividend because they believed in investing in their business was the best answer for shareholders. The board and management quickly realized that as a mature business, they should be returning capital to shareholders and came up with a dividend and share buyback program. They also made an argument to uh, Elliot, which was their margins were lower because they were investing for the future, And unlike a number of situations where the activist does not believe it, Cognizant was able to point out why these investments would help the company grow in the future as the simple labor arbitrage of moving work offshore was going away, and companies to be successful would have to make investments in areas such as artificial intelligence and natural language processing. Those investments affect today's margin, but they drive tomorrow's growth. And contrary to the established view that activists are only looking for the short term. Elliott put out a press release supporting management. They were very happy to see that the capital restructuring, share buyback, and dividend policies had been enacted, but also supported the fact that Cognizant would have lower margins in the short term as they made these investments to drive growth in the future.
0: At what point does an investor in a public company become an activist? how How does the CEO and management team realize once they're dealing with an activist? Is there a formal announcement? Um, Do they typically send a private note to management when they take the position Um, and before they go public with their demands? Can you just take us through how this all works?
1: So what we typically see is that there will be some private conversations that are happening before any public proxy will occur. The private conversations are often quite transparent in terms of what the activist's is interested in understanding about the business or what they're interested in changing about the business. And uh, only with a reluctance for the management to meet with the activist or a reluctance to react and discuss the thoughts that the activist has, will this typically turn into a, a proxy fight or become more of a hostile situation for the for the management team.
0: Awesome. Joe, Sandra, thank you so much for joining us today. And for everybody listening, if you'd like to see a full transcript of today's episode and links to all of our past podcasts, please visit our podcast page on McKinsey.com under the Strategy and Corporate Finance Practice. If you'd like to receive updates featuring our latest practice insights, you can also sign up for email updates on our practice website or follow us on Twitter at MCKStrategy or connect with us on LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining us.